When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Guys, guys, relax. It's only halftime. Hello and welcome back to the Liverpool Groove. It's been a little bit over a week since we last played. Um, and we be Fulham 2-1 at Anfield. Um it's been the story of the last few weeks. I think that that game where it's been kind of a game that looked like it was going to be a game where it wasn't going to happen for us, and then all of a sudden we come to life. We get the goals that we need, and we win the game. It's like it's becoming a bit of a recurring pattern. Um, we said it a little while ago that there's going to come a game where you know we're not going to get away with that kind of thing, but we kind of do keep getting away with it at the minute. <laughs> yeah, it started off. Earlier on in the season, when we were conceding first, and then we were going on to win three, four ones, uh, winning comfortably, and it was like a we were joking about it then. Oh, we'll concede first, but we'll come back, and we've said it will catch us soon, but it's still yet to happen. Um, and we drew drew one or two games, but it was just one of them games. On the day, we didn't look good. The first half, probably the worst football we played this season. I think we didn't look like we were going. We could have bought a goal. I think if we Based on the first half, if we'd have played 900 minutes, we wouldn't have scored. They just sat in deep and we could not get through them. I don't think we, I don't think we had a shot in the first I mean, half. To be honest, um, like I was I was watching on a stream. My stream went off completely for like the last 25 minutes of the first half. I, I got it back just as the second half was kicking off. So... Um, didn't see, didn't see much of the first half. Obviously, I seen literally they scored and my streaming off. It was almost like a protest from my stream. Um, <laughs> and then me fucking IPTV just went down completely. Um, so that was that was fun. I was fuming, ready to put my foot through the telly. Um, but yeah, the look, thing we really got involved with as an atmosphere. She's getting that main stand where it's shite, but as an atmosphere, there was nothing to cheer. It was, it hmm. was. It was so destroying to watch. It was terrible. You could pretty much see how the game was going to go from the off. But all we were having a go at was them wasting time. As soon as they scored, that was it. That was They were wasting time. It was a bit fucking boring. Again, teams are going to do that against us and we keep finding a way to get through them. But I think performance-wise, everyone was just shit in the first half. Every yeah. single one of them. And it happens. But it was just a, a shit night at the office for 45 minutes. And then... Yeah. And then whatever Klopp said, it worked. Yeah. Well, obviously, the goal, very uncharacteristic mistake, at least this season anyway, from Virgil van Dijk. Um, don't know what he's been... Don't know what he was trying. Like, it, it wasn't a situation where... I don't know if he was still feeling the effects of his illness a little bit, but, like, in a normal situation, he wouldn't go for the header there. Um, he's edited backwards as if he's tried to get it to the keeper, which mm, was just fucking bizarre. Mistake, misjudged okay. it completely. If he if he gets that right, you go, you cheeky bastard. <laughs> but he's fucked it. And I think um I think it was Connor Bradley who started to make a last ditch tackle and fucking just like sliding knee the floor. <laughs> Got rinsed and great skill by William and a great goal. 
fucking still a little devil on our side. Him. Yeah, always had it in for us, hasn't he? Um, yeah. It was a good goal, don't get me wrong. Terrible, terrible defensively. And then again, they just sit in and you think that the game, like at half time, everyone said to say, as mad as it sounds, it weren't like all doom and gloom. I think if it was a league game, everyone would be fucking head up about it and be bit pissed off, but there were still smiling faces, still people interested in getting a pint and a pie, and no one was like down and out, but no one could see a goal coming. There's yeah. no way to get one. But then you look at the bench and you think if he makes the changes we all agree he should make, then we we're in with a shout. Yeah. And I think that's probably the confidence that the team have built in the fan base this year that you know you say people are not necessarily thinking we're going to get a goal but like no one's like downbeat about losing at half time and things like that and it's I think you've just got you've always got that little bit in your in the back of your mind this season where like we've like we have been doing that we're going to come back um even when it doesn't look likely I think what was the one Palace I think was the was the big one for me um like for 78 minutes we didn't look like we were going to score and then you get two out of nowhere. Um, but, I mean, we said it, I think we said it before the last game, you know, Fulham come to Anfield earlier in the season, scored three. Um, we were dominant, but, you know, we still conceded three goals and that that's all that really matters. The, you know, the history books aren't going to show, well, Liverpool aren't going to say Liverpool battered them, but it was 4-3. They're going to just say it was 4-3. Um, and they played to their strengths again. Like, I think that Anthony Robinson's a great player for them. Um, he's constant threat down that down that side. Um but yeah, I just think the changes were were the right changes to make at the right time. Um seemed like they were planned as well with obviously McAllister just coming back from his injury and things like that. But Darwin and, and Gakpo changed the game. Massively changed the game. I've seen Arvielli getting a bit of shit but in a game where you you're creating absolutely nothing on your forwards are doing nothing. Like you can't put all the fucking the shit on him. I think Gravenberg was absolutely woeful in everything he'd done. He couldn't string a pass together. I said to you, I think he's more of a, a confidence player. Mm. You know, he's he needs to be playing when you're doing all right. When it's when it's not going that well, then he's not he's not the one to, to rely on. Um, mm. other than that, I think we just they were all just lackluster. Look, it was like an effortless performance, but went through lack of time, we just couldn't get behind them. The changes that came. Nunes, you was just hoping that someone had like wound him up and let him go, and that's exactly what he was like. He was everywhere. Gakpo doesn't get the credit he deserves because he makes the space. He makes a lot of space for the other players. And Jota started coming into the game when they came on. Nunes again, left, right, and centre everywhere. We started pulling, pulling holes in them and making them make mistakes. They looked like they felt the pressure. I think you could see how they played once Nunes come on everything changed and I don't think they believed in their own system at times like how can we keep these out because we just we were just going at them and going at them and that's all you can do you, as long as you're, you're having a go and you're creating chances you can ask for more mm. and Nunes and Gakpo made sure that happened so it's a I mean after, after that first goal winning it kind of just felt like it felt like we were going to get four five six yeah. like it seemed we were going to score and every tack so you know, fair play to Fulham for actually keeping it just the two in the end. Um, obviously, Darwin missed another sort of. I'm not. You know what? It, it's a weird one because people are looking at him. Oh, he's missed another sitter, but he hasn't. He's done everything right with the chance that he's had. 
it's just like he's been next to the keeper. He's been practically level with the keeper and it's hit him. It's like he couldn't have done anything more with it. It's just one of them. But then you're seeing his, his actual sort of awareness and his, his way to pass, by the way. I've seen someone put on, on Twitter somewhere that um, somebody said moving moving sober slight to fucking centre-back would solve our problems. And was like, what the fuck are you on about? But someone then suggested do a thread of um, of Darwin as a number six and someone then said he hasn't got the right way to pass for a number six. Uh, but I disagree. I mean, I disagree with him being a number six anyway because who the fuck thinks like that? But um, <laughs> yeah, his way to pass, I think, is that's just an absolute myth because every time he's, you look at the amount of assists he's got, his pass to, to everyone is is perfect all of the time and it goes to show well, that. One of the last pods you saying that's like a, like what you'd expect Sobberslay or someone to do is that pass what he's, I think it was mm. for Diaz or someone. But, yeah, yeah, but um, you know the way he's took it in and and hit it across. But he's he's looked for Gakpo. It's not like he's just hit it in hope. He, he's he's looked for Gakpo, uh, and he does a lot. And I think he's he's in front of goalie. It's almost like he gets a bit of head rush, like gets over excited, like shit. I'm in front of goal, right? I've got to score here. Whereas when he's passing to someone, it's like right, okay, I'll have a look. Mo's there or fucking. Sobberslides there, or whoever's near him, he can see them and he can pick the pass out, and he's got the time. It's like he needs to take that composure of when he's picking a pass out to when he's taking a shot. Yeah, but as you say, there's the shots he's missing now. Like there was one, I don't know if it was against Pat, where he's, he's one on one and he's hit the bar and he should be scoring, and you're like, that is a fucking simple finish. You've got to hit the net there, or at least fucking get on target with the keeper to save it. But then ones where he's he's a couple of mil from the keeper. And it's just hitting the keeper. There's fuck all else you can do with them. Yeah. They they just hitting up. The ball's coming at you at a pace. You're just lashing your foot at it. If you're lucky enough that it goes past the keeper, happy days. But not often. Not many players are going to get that past the keeper. He's done another one the, the week before. It was the same where the ball comes across the box and he hits it. But the keeper's diving out at the ball as he's shooting. Yeah. There's not a fancy scoring them opportunities. But as you say, he gets in the right place. At the right time, he's composed on the ball. He's not, he's not rash when he's on the wing or away from goal. He's he's quite happy to stop the ball dead and have a look where he's going to pass it. And that's mm. that's more important than than anything. Just watching him miss a few chances or be involved in all the game. I've said that a number of times. If you ask anyone, what striker do you want? It's Haaland. But what football player do you want who's going to change the game for you? It's Nunes. Because mm. he's in, involved, he, he made he made a team that went tick and tick on his own. Yeah, him and obviously Gakpo helped, but when you've got players like that that can do that, that's you, you can't be you can't be calling for the Reds when they're missing chances like that. But as we've said before, he, he needs to be either a number nine or a winger. I prefer mm. him to wing, play him on the left, play Jotter in the middle or Gakpo. But he's got to play, he's got to play out wide because he, he's dangerous. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you mentioned them before, making a, a sort of half-hearted slide, uh, slide attempt in the box on William, but Connor Bradley got voted uh, man of the match, I think, by our fans. At least I think that's what the Liverpool socials put up. Um, what did you make of him overall? I thought he played fantastic. Unbelievable. He was superb. He stood out. He proper stood out. That Even that, like I've only realised with that slide tackle, after watching the highlights, didn't didn't occur to me that it was it didn't matter who it was, whoever it mm. was, skin my good footy player, it happens. 
the rest of his game was absolutely superb. Like he stood out. He was it was weird. Like the first thing everyone was talking about to full time was Sank can go in the middle now. <laughs> Sank can go in the middle and just play there because he's that good at right back. And again, you don't want to get over excited and over exaggerate, but he's he's got it. There was a part in the game where it was in the second half. The game stopped. I don't know whether the referee's given a free kick or something. And he's off the he's he stood on the touchline talking to clock, having a drink, talking to clock. The game starts again and he's the first one to the ball. He yeah. won the full player's got it. He leaves clock. Klopp's got him in a headlock. Like, go on, go on. And then he leaves Klopp, runs straight over. Slide tackle, wins the ball back. We've got possession. You're like, fucking, what a guy. What I want to see. He's got all the attributes of like an Andy Robbo in him. Mm. Where he's game to tackle. He's game to defend. But he's very good going forward as well. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's mad, isn't it? You look at him, he was playing... I think League Two football last season potentially. Um, I'm not sure if Bolton got promoted, but um, yeah, he was playing League One or League Two football last season. Regardless, Jarrell Quanter was playing for Bristol Rovers last season. Um, we done it a few years ago. Reese Williams was playing for Kidderminster the season before we had to use him. Um, do you think it it goes to show that like, yet the level obviously between League One and League Two in the Premier League is obviously vastly different. But when you're at that age. Does it just go to show how important just game time is for them, do you reckon? Yeah, definitely. They need to play. And that's why just like I've, there's loads of players you hate loans because like some good teams when they're struggling can loan a, a brilliant player in to help them out. But without loans, this football league's dead. There's not mm. enough, you know, local lads getting a chance. The loan gives us the chance to to see and play away from us and then judge them. You can't judge everyone and saying it either. Like, obviously, if you see a kid playing left-back against Mo Salah and he's getting rinsed, you can't just throw him in the fucking gutter and go, he's shite. He's playing against the best player in the world. So you've got to see them at another level and then maybe excel that level a league up. Mm. But, yeah, the loans, the, the loan work we've done as well. Because remember Jürgen Klopp saying he hates loans. doesn't yeah. agree with loans. It's like, it's buy or sell. But I think when he's seen our academy, he's thought, fucking hell, these, these actually could be something in a way bit of time you can make it and I think the lower leagues as well as we've spoke about before the officials the officiating the the old fashioned style of play where you can't tackle you can you've got a bit more freedom haven't you yeah you're allowed to play your football and enjoy it no disrespect of leagues but it's more like a Sunday league game playing in the league one yeah it's you can sort of you can play football it's not like mm. that in the Prem the Prem's being wrapped in cotton wool and it's ruining the game but I think these kids need to just play football and as soon as we believe they're ready, did they go in? And that's that's mm. to our manager and the academy staff and even like so Pep Linders and that who's managed the, the kids before. He's um, he's got a lot to do with them. He knows yeah. the out of them. And we don't put no pressure on them. They come in and then they go out and then like look at Benzo. He mm. came in because he's gonna set the world on fire and then we haven't seen him again. But yeah. There'll come a time where he just comes on, or yeah, yeah. he either not progressing and he gets sold. But you know, as soon as he's ready to to make that step up and to to, to coming on to change a game for Liverpool, yeah, and Klopp's the man to do it. So yeah, and yeah, I think but, what what I like to see from it as well myself is we're not we're not afraid to sort of 
we're, we're very clearly looking out for the players' interest because the amount of loans we've cancelled and and sort of sent them back out to different places just this month alone has been it's been good to see. You know, Reese Williams wasn't getting a game. I don't think he played a single minute for Aberdeen, so he's gone on loan now to. I can't remember who it is. I think it was Fleetwood or something like that. But he's gone on loan to another team in like League One now. So obviously he's got a better chance of getting into a a league. He's got a better chance of playing football at a League One team than he has a team who are regularly fighting for Europe in, in Scotland. I know the level between the Scottish Premier League and League One mightn't actually be that that you know that great, but he's still got a better chance of doing that, you know what I mean? Um and I know, like Billy Cometti, I would think we've recorded him from his loan. Um but you're starting to see now as well, you know, these young players that we've got, they're starting to make bigger loan moves out now. So you've like um Vitislav Yaros, he's just joined Sturm Graz in the Austrian Premier League on loan because they so their first choice keeper got injured and they brought him in to replace him for the rest of the season because he's probably gonna be out for the rest of the season. Like And he's this, is, this is that's it. And this is someone who's played maybe possibly once, maybe not even once for the first team. Um but that's the level of, play, of player that they're at now. So it, it's great to see. And I can, I can sort of understand why Jürgen doesn't like loans because he, he's the type of manager who wants to oversee these players and, and be involved in their development as much as possible. But you, you can't do it for... We've got that many players. You know, we're bringing different kids into the first team to train with the train with them so often. You know, you've seen recently that Traineoni, he's 16, we bought him and something, he's already... Being on the bench for us might have been out of necessity more than anything. Yeah. But the fact that he's gone to a 16 year old over the you know the 19, 20, 21 year olds that are there is like is massive. So I can understand why Jurgen doesn't like it for his management style. But the crucial, the crucial for the players, the crucial for the clubs in the lower league, as you said, and the crucial for us to develop these players properly. Yeah, but even like the chances they do get as well, like there's never really one you go. He's absolutely shite him. He's not going to make it. Every single kid that plays the first team, we get excited about. I don't know whether it's like a, a bias thing, but there's nothing better than seeing a young lad come through the academy or get bought from a young age, you know, like a Sterling, mm. who then goes on to be in the academy, goes on into your first team. Or oh, I never rated that come, thought he was shite forever. For us all for City, thought he was just Usain Bolt, but smaller. That was it. Just fast as fuck. Yeah. Oh, but I mean... But I think the, the likes of your kids that are, are coming through, you are seeing them do well. And then you get the likes of fucking Panic Station and you've got Reese Williams coming in with Nat Phillips. Mm. Fucking hell, lad, they got us into Europe. Yeah. Two, kids, two kids got us into Europe. They helped us massively. They were fucking warriors that season. And it's a shame that they haven't excelled into a point where they're in the first team now. But how old is Reese Williams now after that? He's still, he's, just, he's still only 22. Yeah, it's fucking mad. And I think, obviously, Nath Phillips, I think the ship sailed for him. But out of all our centre-halves, if we if we were in a point where we needed to win a game and we had no one, he'd be the first name I'd, I'd call for. Because he's just, he just... He's like a character. Yeah. He just bought his arse off. And I think that's where the, the kids are learning something different in our academy. They're, they're learning to fight. They're learning to, to graft. It's not like some of the other clubs where I think I said to you before, they get these contracts and they think they've made it and they want to go and buy the flash cars and show off. Are still humble, they're still hungry and they still want to make it to the top. So 
I think I think it's fucking whatever system we've got going there, it's brilliant. Yeah. Now and you know, you make the point there about like it's it's great seeing, you know, your academy lads coming through and making a, an impact in the first team and you say it's biased, but then is it really it's like isn't that what every team wants to see, surely? Like, you know, imagine how much more it matters to Phil Foden being involved in all the trophies they've won than it would to Bernardo Silva or someone like that. Imagine, you know, if Arsenal finally do win the Premier League with under Arteta, imagine how much more that's going to mean to Bakayo Saka than it is to fucking, you know, William Saliba. It's, it's, it's a, I'm it's, biased at Liverpool because I don't think anyone supports their team like we support our team. I, I don't, I, um, but I, I think... You dream. Think, I think most most club kids dream of playing for England or wherever they're fucking from. They mm. dream of playing for the country. I think Liverpool scousers and that, and even foreign Liverpool fans dream of playing for Liverpool. Walking yeah. out to the cop, walking out to never walk alone. I think there's just something special about that. But... I know, I know what you mean. I, what, I know what I you mean. I get what you're saying. It's brilliant, but it. I think a lot of fans now in modern football, if you offered, yeah, for instance, if you offered us most of our fans on Twitter now, go and buy a right back in January, seventy-five mil, or play Conor Bradley, they're going by the right back because it's exciting. It's new, new shirt on, new name on the back of a shirt. It's exciting. It's worth money. We look like we're spending. We look like we're matching big teams. Don't need to. Yeah. That's the that's the problem and the, the the splitting football fans now is that some fans it's a big game spending money is being successful it's it's not bringing through academy players and making them top players like Trent Alexander Arnold that's being successful Man City as much as he spends yeah he brought through Phil Foden he's fantastic um they also brought through that that lad who's playing for Chelsea now yeah Cole Palmer he looks about her so. You know, if the academy's there, use it. I understand the bigger your club, the harder it is to to give the chance. And that's why I've got to give credit to Liverpool for loaning these players out. Man City, do just ship them out, gone, sold. You're not going to get in in that position. And I think Foden's lucky he scraped with the net. But yeah, give it, give the kids a chance. If if you if the, our manager thinks he's ready and the academy thinks they're ready to go in, give them a fucking chance and. We do it every pre-season as well. You see a new name or two in that pre-season list every single season. Mm. I mean, but we t- we talked about Quanta pre-season saying how good he looked um, and that we were hoping he'd get a chance this season and he's he's had more than that. Like, he's been... He hasn't really put a foot wrong, has he? Um, barring the, the Palace penalty, like, but even that, people are still debating it, so... Um, but even that again, that's it. If, he, if he doesn't go for that ball, you're ridiculing him for not going for the ball, so I'd rather him... I'd be more, yeah, I'd be more pissed off if he didn't go for it. The one thing that kills me with Van Dijk is how many times he steps away from someone and puts his arms behind his back. I'd yeah. rather you fuck out of him and get a penalty <laughs> as long as you've had a go. So, yeah, I haven't, Quant has done fuck all wrong as far as I'm concerned. Bradley's done nothing wrong. When I've seen Joe, he's looked good. There's um, that Gordon. Yeah, okay, Gordon, yeah. He looks quality. Um, there's loads of, I mean we could we could do a full fucking rundown of the entire academy you know what I mean it's like a brilliant bunch of kids and once you see them step up into the level and they don't know how to place that's where you start getting excited like mm. if you play if you play a young kid and he comes on and he looks a bit ropey a little bit shaky you're like can I get it <laughs> he's, he's 16 17 playing at Anfield in front of 
and sixty odd thousand people it must be nerve wracking. And it's your dream. You you must feel like everything is about them. If you play shit, you're out. If you play good, you're in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But it doesn't work like that. But Connor Bradley the other day, or this big full circle we've gone on. <laughs> but he he didn't look one bit out of place, not once. No, he didn't. Not once. He looked um, super, he stood out a mile, and I thought that was fucking boss for him. Yeah. And you know what? I mean, yeah, it was a bit of a circle that we've just gone on there. But we don't really, we don't really talk about the academy like that on here, to be fair. And I think... I don't, I, you don't really hear much chatter of it. Like you see, you see a few pages they'll put the results up at the academy and stuff like that. But how many people are actually? And you see it all the time. You know, someone will get announced by the club that they've just signed the first professional deal or something, and it'll be signing Mbappe, signing Mbappe, signing this player, signing that player in yeah. the comments. It's like you're robbing this lad of his of his fucking biggest, the biggest moment of his life so far, and all you're doing is spamming it with fucking co- comments like signing this three hundred million pound player, like just. If you if you don't want to go on in and say congratulations to the lad, just fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> just leave it alone. Um, but now mean. we don't, as I say, we don't normally talk about it. So it was it. It's nice to fucking, you know, give it a give the academy, the team there, Alex Inglethorpe, and you know, give them a bit of credit because I feel like it probably is a bit of a thankless job sometimes, isn't it? Let's be honest. It it is because of modern footy, like when like when we were, we were kids. Well, even I don't even know what the now. Michael Owen, Mac Manaman, Redknapp. Oh no, Redknapp went to the academy. Redknapp wasn't now. Uh, you've got Mac Manaman, Michael Owen, Robbie Fowler, Carragher Gerard, Carragher Gerard, David um, Thompson. Yeah, Tomo. David Thompson, and then you, you're looking forward to seeing like the, the fresh blood coming into the team. Like, I, I always I remember Stephen Gerrard coming onto the pitch and he looked like he'd just been bold. <laughs> and dragged off his man and put in a footy kit and threw it Anfield going, yeah. going on that pitch lad it's probably one of the, the biggest moments in our history in mm. terms of individual player but you couldn't wait to see them and if they didn't do that well in a game you couldn't wait to see them again to see if you know if they picked up and you get behind them now it is just about how much can our club spend to and I, I think I think there's some there's some fans out there if we spend two hundred million and fail, but we spend a hundred million more than the people who win, they'd accept. I do. I think. I think if yeah. we came second every year but spent more money, in there, there, that's us being. Well, we're, sh- we're showing ambition. <laughs> yeah, showing the ambition. We're not, but winning it or getting close by doing it with like a quarter of the money against the team that's beating us, they, they can't justify yeah. it. They can't get it in the red. And you know what? Like you know, FSG they've been slated for for a lot of years by a, a large majority of fans. And I was going to say online fans, but it, it's not even just online fans. In fairness, anymore, it's you know a, la- a large vocal minority uh, majority. Sorry, of sort of Liverpool fans dislike FSG. But I think now you look at the sanctions that have been given out. Obviously, Chelsea have got charges hanging over the head. City have got charges hanging over the head. Everton have been charged for the second time. Forest have been charged. You look at all these, you know, all these clubs, they're clearly sort of clamping down on it. At least I hope they are anyway, for the sake of City and, and Chelsea getting done. But when you look at when you look at that happening now, FSG's model and the way of working looks better than ever in my eyes. This is what people aren't grasping. We're not as successful as we should have been under Jurgen Klopp because of cheats. It's not because we're shit or because the owners have let us down. 
they've done everything by the rules, by the book. They've stayed in the green. They've, they've made sure the club makes a profit whilst building a stand, while building two stands, whilst improving the facilities at Anfield, whilst changing the where we train. They've built a full facility on top of the the academy. You know, this just doesn't cost not <laughs> it costs money. It costs money out of our football club. Even the likes of the stand and that they loaned us the money interest free as far as I'm can, as far as I'm aware. The first loan for the, the main stand was from Fenway Sports and it was interest free. We yeah. just had to Fenway Sports back up the club profit, which you get, you understand that. Fucking yeah. sound. But not spending a hundred million on a on a player every summer doesn't make it a fucking failed business. It means people can't grasp that. We need to we have targets. We have targets what we bring in and targets what we can spend. Yeah. And we, we've adhered to it ever since they've come in. We've won every trophy underneath, underneath them. And don't get me wrong, there's been times where they have been shite. They've made terrible decisions in terms of like trying to copyright the name Liverpool. Mm. And the, the times where they went after small businesses for using the lava bird and stuff. Yeah. Fuck them. That That's scum. But they've always admitted when they were wrong as well. And they've always, you know, the, the Super League, which even now, if if you I'd like to have been a fly on the wall in that room. Yeah. What was the conversation to to sway our movement to to want to do a super league? And it's because the Champions League is doing the Super League. <laughs> yeah. And they, they knew before it, so they were going to do their own. And it, I think if you if you'd ask most fans now, stay in that Champions League format or do your own, you'd probably do your own. It's fucking that daft new format, shite. Takes the yeah. old enjoyment out of the competition. So yeah, they've done right, they've done wrong. But in terms of the business, Liverpool Football Club is one of the most self-sustainable businesses. If FSG leave tomorrow, they leave with a fucking nice profit and someone takes over a massive football club in no debt with a big, massive, fucking practically new stadium, new facilities, best managers in the world, world-class team. And you can't you can't do no more than that, as far as, far as I'm concerned. Lad. I think they've done remarkable. They've just done it fairly. That's the difference. Yeah, that's all we can say. We're not going to go in. That's here now. If Arabs took over us when they did, shitting ourselves, going, actually, all them titles we did win, we've won five leagues, we've won three European Cups, they're all getting took off us. We mm. haven't, we were, we were lied to all along. And you'd be more upset over that. So I'd rather have won it a few bits we've won, a few bits, absolutely everything that we've won. And often fairly, and be able to enjoy it. And when we look back at the history books, our pictures will still be there. Man City's will be wiped clean, <laughs> uh, just like yeah. just like Juventus lad. They'll get, <laughs> and if they don't get stripped, then they know, they know deep down, yeah, that one we won, fucking black, yeah. So not last. Yeah. Um. So before we get into looking ahead to the Bournemouth game, just wanted to touch on. Um, Jordan Henderson. So, um, he's had, he's had his contract ripped up. I say he's had his contract ripped up. That sounds like they've just fucking got rid of him. He, he's come to an agreement with Al Etifak that um he can leave for free. Basically, they've terminated his contract. He's free to leave. He's he's moving to Ajax. Good move for him. I'm not gonna lie. Um, given how it all went down in the summer and that, and obviously, like you know, he's he 
all the LGD, LGBT fans saying that he'd let them down, um, you know, that he everyone just like slate them for being greedy for the money and stuff like that. Just every and how it happened. Do you have you got any have you got any not sympathy, but like just watch it overall sort of thoughts with it now, the way it's gone for him? I think he'd be absolutely fucking kicking himself that he didn't stay here. Hundred percent. I think he'd be kicking himself. I think he's as Klopp said the same, Klopp backed the story up that they had the conversation that he never wanted to have is that you know you're gonna have extremely limited playing time, if any playing time. What do you want to do? And his decision was to leave and, and not fight for this place. At that age, you can understand it. At mm. that age when you've you've won everything, I understand it. At that age when you've won everything and we're in a season of transition where new players are coming in, um, you've got to bet them in and you're not expecting it to go this way. I totally get it. To go where he went was a stupid decision because of what he stood for. But I didn't blame him whatsoever for going there when the money's like that. Mm. So, no, don't. Like, I think we said it wouldn't last longer, didn't they? I thought it would last a bit longer than it has. But I think even players like Benzema and that, there's, there's rumours he, he wanted out straight up instantly. There's, there's a lot of them, apparently. <laughs> like, Firmino wants to leave, apparently. Um, but imagine, lads, if the money they're talking about is true, then it's like it's like any job. Obviously, it's not. But <laughs> if you're earning £30 an hour and you can move to Jersey for £60 an hour for six months, you're going to do it. You yeah. might sign contract, but then you just get off and you, you've, you've earned your dog. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I, think that's, I think that could have been... They probably told the birds, listen, don't even bother coming with me. I'll be back soon. Yeah. I'm just going to earn millions over a short spell and I'll be back. Mm. Might as well have went on the oil rig and just <laughs> done a graft there. But I feel sorry for him because I think the way Liverpool are at the minute, I think we could have done with an extra body in the midfield. I think in games you are winning, I think the passion he had, say he's the closest thing to a scout you'll ever have in terms of his passion on a footy pitch. You could do with a player like him around the young lads. And I was a bit gutted when he got off because of the way it ended. He never got his proper tarah. But, you know, I think I think if he could turn the clock back now, he'd still be in a Liverpool shirt. And he, he can't, unfortunately. So he's gone to mm. a, a team with a passion and an history like ours a little bit. Not an history, but, you know, he's gone to a, a close fit, fit team, close with the fans, nice close-knit stadium. Fucking good history, well liked around the world, like us. So, hmm. good luck to him. I've got no issues with him whatsoever. Doesn't ask me. He's won yeah. us every. So now he's that's, a, that's a that's the thing. I think people are, uh, can't separate the whole. Just can't separate it all. It's all got to be one big thing. And it's like, for me, it's like, yeah, I understand the frustration from you know the people who feel that he's let them down in terms of like you said, what he stood for and, and how he supported them because he was more vocal than any other player in the Premier League about the, the LGBT community and stuff like that. He was more vocal than anybody about that. So I completely understand their their thoughts about it and I, that that shouldn't be discredited or anything. At the same time, I'm still thankful for everything he done for Liverpool. I'm thankful for what he helped us win. Um, you know, we, he was part of the most successful period of Liverpool Football Club in our lifetime. Um and he captained us to the lot. 
Yeah, and exactly. People say we'd have won it all anyway. I don't think I don't think he gets enough credit. I don't think we would have done. Even the time when we, under Brendan Rodgers, when he got injured, that could have cost us a league title because he was that influential that season. He was massive. Everyone then, said it at the time. I remember, you know, he, he was massive. Years ago now, like, but... I think people forget because he weren't whipping 60-yard balls like Steven Gerrard and he weren't doing step over like Ronaldo and all that shit. He was just classed as a mediocre player, but it's what he had in his heart and what he carried. Like like Jamie Carragher wasn't the best footy player, he'd say that himself, but he carried more than anyone on that pitch, carried mm-hmm. more weight than anyone because he had something different than them. He had the yeah. heart. And I think Henderson had that. I think you take him out that team and the passion that he's instilled in them new new players, some of them couldn't speak the language. They had a lingo that was footy and passion and he, he got the best out of everyone. He was a an ambassador for footy. Yeah. And I think um, the, all the, the LGBT stuff, I think, I honestly think that's a lot of people just wanting to jump on a bandwagon to, to, to slate him. As you said to the, the girl when she came on from Cop Outs about the likes of um, celebrities who've gone to Dubai to perform in that. And, you know, no one condemns them. They'll still be there. They'll still be buying their albums and that, won't they? So, because a footy player who's supported them through thick and thin, gone there, he's been slated. And as I said at the time, he didn't go there going, oh, what? I don't mean anything I said. He, he, he basically said he was going to try and see if he could have a positive impact there. But no, it hasn't worked out that way. To be honest, I actually said to you, I, I don't know whether he'll last that long there because I think he'd be going for a different reason than we're all saying. I said he might be going there thinking about high profile he is, what he's one of us. Could he be the face of the sport there? Could he impose change? And if it doesn't work out, he might just fucking jib it. And by the way, that's what it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. But, well, I, I don't think we'll ever, ever know, at least not until he's retired and got his, his, uh, his memoirs, let's say, let, until they're ready to be released. I don't think we'll ever really know the full story about why he decided to go there. Maybe it was just money, maybe... He, he did really want to be a positive, try and have a positive impact over there. Um, I think it's a bit of everything, lad. I think, but again, no matter what what you're earning, whatever you, whatever it's called is, your status, your gender, whatever, I think anyone in the same boat, regardless of where it is, if you're offered that much money in a in a job where you, you're just being told by your, your boss, listen, there's going to be no work for you here. You're not going to be part of the team. You go. You go. And if that, that's money motivated, I think it was football motivated. I, I don't think he's realised how much he declined either. I think he still felt it over there playing in a ship league. Mm. And he struggled there. And I think, you know, Ajax, it's a fucking good team, lad. He's going, he's going to have to do some work there. But... It's a, I mean, it's a slower league, so I think he, it's, it'll suit him. Um, I don't think it'll have. It's not probably got the intensity of what you know the Premier League has. I think you know you've seen that video that Yuri Tielemans or Aston Villa put out in the summer when they put a, a GoPro on him, and you've seen like how quick players get closed down and stuff like that. And it's like it made everyone go. You know, people go out. Oh, if I if I played for if put me up front for City and I scored twenty a season, you wouldn't get a touch of the ball. Um, <laughs> I don't think he did, does he? No, but that that's what I mean. But it made everybody sort of look at it a bit differently. So, um, look, I... Henderson, well, sorry, with Henderson, I do think, 
like he's gone. He's not going to start for Ajax. He'd be playing 20, 30 minutes maybe. So I think will he be sat there going? Fuck I don't know. You know, I think he. The way they, the the way the season has gone for them. Yeah, I mean the the fifth now, but they were bottom not so long ago. Um, but they're like twenty four points behind top. Um, they're like massively off it this season. So, um, yeah, I think I don't know. I, I don't think you. I I don't think you bring someone like Jordan Anderson in to be on the peripheral. To be honest with you, regard no matter what level you bring him in, I I don't think he's the type of player that you bring in to be on the peripheral. And I think that was part of the, obviously that's where the conversations come from, that he was going to be on the peripheral of the squad um, this season for Liverpool. And so he's gone, okay, fair enough. Yeah, I understand that. I'd like to see what my options are. But I just but think he should he's... have known, like He should have known based on the season we had where we were at. And like he wasn't good enough to start for us anymore, but he would have been a massive impact player for 20 minutes. He'd He'd have secured us and tightened us up, mm. and he'd have been able to to get the best out of the young lads and that. So, I do. I think it's a massive fuck up on his behalf. I think, in not we haven't missed him as as a player. We've probably missed him and had the dressing room and that. But yeah, I I can't see him starting every week for Ajax. But mm. again, I, I think you say about think, the um. Sorry to just remember, I mean, you say about the atmosphere and that. I think with Van Dijk as captain, I feel like. I feel like everybody's more sort of. Everyone seems to be more like just sort of friendly with each. Not friendly, but that's not really the right the right word I'm looking for. But it's like you're seeing more more like friend groups forming, like on the pitch, and that you're seeing the way Gakpo and Jones are, um, in the in the press conferences. Like obviously Jones got man of the match by Sky in the game again, which by the way we we haven't mentioned. Getting a bit bored of talking about Curtis Jones now because he's brilliant every game now. Um, so <laughs> that's all we need to say now. But you see, in the way they are, in in you can tell they're really close. Like I think, I think somehow I don't know how Van Dijk has managed to sort of bring them all close together. It, it, they've become a, a closer knit unit. I feel. Uh, I struggle to agree with you there because I don't think I never thought we'd get a closer knit than what we already had when we had the likes of Ronaldo and that, I thought they were all... The only two that weren't the best of mates, to me, was Mane and Salah. Mm. Um, but it's, it just, don't get me wrong, did you seem... They seem like a boss group of mates. It mm. doesn't seem to be a click. It's not like one one area from fucking one part of a country speaks to the others. They're all in it together. You've got, like, Nunes having a laugh with Curtis Jones and that. Um all languages just made together and they're all just mates, which it is good to see. But I, I can't I can't ever knock Henderson's captaincy for bringing players together and that. Yeah. No, I just think with Henderson, it kind of always felt like, you know, it felt like Henderson was, was the captain. And it's like, it feels like Van Dyke is is everyone's mate kind of thing. I think Jordan Henderson was... Uh, more professional in that manner that he didn't really sort of put himself out there as your mate as much kind of thing, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree with that, yeah. But I think that was on-pitch presence more than anything because he was well-liked in the dressing room. When you've seen, like, videos, Liverpool release, like, there was there was one in, a, like, a classroom with Andy Robbo and that, and they're all making jokes. He seems to be part of all them type of clips, but on the pitch there was no... He was he was the manager on the pitch, mm. and I think that's what you need your, your captain to be like. I think Van Dyke shouts when it's necessary, but 
And even if you don't something good, Anderson had shout at you. And yeah. I think that's what's different. But right, fucking hell. Talking about Anderson for 20 minutes, it's been gone months. But <laughs> no, I'll never have a I'll have never have a bad word to say about him. I think he was stupid to go. Wish him luck at Ajax. Good luck to him. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um so Bournemouth at the weekend. Um you looked at it before this, the twelfth in the league, they're doing well. Um I think I think they lost the last game or they lost fairly recently against Tottenham. But other than that, they've been flying. Dominic Solanke flying. Um didn't expect that to happen when he was at Liverpool, I'll be honest. <laughs> when we sold them <laughs> when we sold them for twenty mil, we were all rubbing our hands again together thinking, how the fuck have we pulled that off? And now it's kind of looking like eventually he's he's stuck at it and credit to Bournemouth, they've stuck with him. You know, the he couldn't didn't look like he could have it for a long time in the Premier League. He had a couple of seasons in the Championship. He's really wet and he's obviously become clinical there. And he's come back to the Premier League and he's starting to sort of... It, it's building up slowly with him. He's sort of... I wouldn't say he's a late bloomer because he's still only young, but he's sort of... He's starting to really get the... the How difficult the Premier League is and how he's starting to manage it properly. And, and he's looking like a great striker in fairness to him. Yeah, do you know what? With, with strikers as well. As you just said, Bournemouth, bearing with him, giving him the chance and that. He's been down to a lesser level. Lanes, he's probably learned the hard way going down for the Championship, where you do get bullied and kicked into the air and that. It happens. You mightn't have as much time in the Prem, but it's not as it's not as dangerous, if you want to say. But learning to play with the same team and knowing which players. I've said this before about Man City and that. Haaland doesn't know. Like each player doesn't know what Haaland's going to do. They analysed this and they were like, Silver will play plays his way. I think it was Thierry Henry, it was actually, saying when he played, he'd done what the midfielder wanted him to do. If it went to Perez, he'd know what Perez was going to do. Haaland just does his own thing. And I think Solanke's learning that in his team. Well, it's gone to him. What balls are you going to play? And he, he plays to shoot the system. He, they've, they've built the system around him now. He's scoring goals, and he's if if again depends what Liverpool turns up. If we defend back against Fulham, he could fucking cause us problems if we turn up as we know we can and get nowhere near us. Yeah, um, now I mean, going there, it, it's always a tough game. I think we've, um, I think they they took the lead in the League Cup game there, didn't they, as well, when we played them. Um, but obviously, took the league around, the lead at Anfield, come back and won. So, we played them a couple of times already. We know what they're about. Um, their manager is, you know, he was highly thought of in, in Spain. I said when we first played Bournemouth this season, they quietly had a very good transfer window. They brought in some really good players. It's took them a while to get used to his system and, and let them players gel in and that. But as I say, now, you look at them and, you know, Give it, a, give it another couple of seasons or something and you could be, you're looking at a really good Premier League side there, I think. Not even since like Eddie Allen that came in. They've always been a little decent footy team. You've always wants them to do all right as well. Hmm. Seem a decent little outfit, don't they? But yeah, I don't watch them all that much. I just, you know, I see highlights and that. Um, but yeah, they play decent footy. They've got it, got it again, like it looks like a close-knit team. And a system that suits them all. So we've just got to be careful. But again, we're fucking top of the league. So we should be going there, dictating, you know, we're the better team. We are yeah. fucking bullies. But that's what, what I want to see in our game now is just bullying teams and like Man City 
do. Mm. Playing, yeah. being nasty. Yeah, Bring yeah, I agree. At home, obviously, they're going to have have the confidence. Um, say, I think you've had some good results there this season, so they're rightly going to have the confidence. They'll, you know, they'll look at us and see that, you know, all how well we're doing. Regard and you know, we best defense in the league, uh, top of the league. But they'll still look at us and go right. There's, there's chances to be out there, so you, you've got to be fucking on the ball. But it's um, yeah, I think the team. Picks itself a bit at the minute, doesn't it? With the amount of, with the players that are out and things like that, and an absence of, um, should be a, a pretty straightforward team. I, I think you could probably, you probably name it all yourself right now. To be honest, um, I think the only shopper sliced allowed. Yeah, I think so. Just he wasn't in training anyway. I don't think. Um, I think the only one that's up for question really is who's partnered in Van Dijk. Um, is it Kanate or is it Quan? So I think that's the only one that's really up for debate. Um, Kanate played the last game. I'll give it to Quanta. Hmm. It's a it's a it's a difficult one because I think Kanate this season when he has played, I know you've obviously spoke about him having that sort of what we used to say the Joe Gomez about him is he you know his pace gets him out of positions and um gets it's him out of situations I, rather. I compare him to Sacco, like really likable lad, looks a boss lad around the dressing room, dead good player. But he's just got a moment of psychosis about him that he just completely slips off what he's meant to be doing and just switches off. And it can cost us goals. But I think of late, he's been sound. So I'm not I mean, saying... It's, it's a mad one because like, I do agree with you on that. And I think it's how he looks as well. Like Sacco, we always... I think, obviously, before we were doing podcasts and that, but with Sacco, you always used to say, like, he looks awful on the ball he looked uncomfortable he looked like he'd never kicked the ball in his life but then he had the best pass completion rate in our team like he was actually very good on the ball it's just he looked awkward but yeah look gangly yeah i I Um, think he looks a good player but it's the way he moves and that mm. he doesn't look like a footy player but but i I think lately i know yeah true i think lately he's been very good i think he dealt with martinelli like wonderfully in the FA Cup and I think he did dealt with him very well at Anfield as well but I mean you go back even further like, you go back to the Champions League final he was up against Vinicius Junior he, he won every single duel against Vinicius Junior like there's a world class defender in there he just needs fine tune <laughs> I agree yeah I think I've, I've had no issues with him for large spells this season so when he when he is making the mistakes it's not costing us at the minute he's getting back or someone's covering so until it happens then Give him the benefit of the doubt, but yeah, he's, he's still, again, he's still a kid, he's fucking massive, though. <laughs> he's a unit, any but yeah, I, I, I just like I like the rotating. I don't want to, I don't want to see Quanta just go out the fold and be forgotten about. I think if you are going to rotate him, rotate him and Canati. Um, as mad as it's you can't take Van Dijk because he's the captain, but yeah, I think. So, I think Quanta brings a bit of calm to it with, mm. with Van Dijk and then Canate's like your matchup. He just runs out, runs out, loses position and then comes back. <laughs> but he's a good defender, lad. So, yeah, I think you're looking at him and Van Dijk starting, aren't you, really? Yeah, um, most likely. Bradley on the right. Yeah. Gomez, Gomez on the left. left. Yeah. Um, Based on the last game, Gravenberg doesn't get in the 11 for me. He was fucking horrendous. Absolutely woeful, though. 
I, th- I think it was better second half, but I, I say, I mean, I didn't see all of the first half, but I thought second half he was o- okay. No, I thought he was shocking. I couldn't wait for him to go off the pitch. He just, it's mad. Like, some players are like that. When it's when you, there's no gaps and no space in that, they just proper struggle. He couldn't sting. Sobers light on it a couple of weeks before. Mm. Every he, he touched just went to shit. And, and I think I called that. He needed to get him off and he got him off. But yeah, I think Curtis Jones, McAllister's back, any. Yeah, McAllister's back. Oh, I forgot about Enzo. Enzo <laughs> oh, and he won the first game in the Asian Cup as well. So oh, like Scored, he uh, got an assist for Minamino as well. Got two goals, thinking got an assist himself. But yeah, uh, yeah, 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 and then you've got Jota who can go on the left and you've got Gakpo who can just fucking play anywhere you want him to. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know whether... I've seen Thiago back in training, you know. I've seen him. I've seen him there, Just because he's in training doesn't mean anything, lad. He could, he just, be, he he could just be giving oranges out. <laughs> Water boy. Yeah, and get yeah, injured doing that to him. He might, he might be in contention. I, I'd be shocked if he was anywhere near being in contention, to be honest. Like, he's been out for what... 10 months um, with a minor hip injury. <laughs> that is minor to Thiago, to be fair. What, after the clips I've seen at training as well, like I've seen someone put like, why McAllister needs to be further up the field. Fuck me, he can hit a ball, that lad, can't he? Yeah. I've seen that against Fulham and that, but yeah, you need to, I I think he's, he's not a number six by any means. He does all right when, he does all right when there's not a lot of defending. When you can, and I think Alonso was the same. If you've got Alonso on the ball in a game, you should be winning and you dictate the play. Out of this world, you can, you can play it. When you've got teams running through your middle and you need them to defend, it just falls over, just gets slapped to the floor. Like a, it just, it's just not like physical enough for that role. I hope the pitch he is. It's weird. <laughs> but yeah. in that role, when when he's got like, he's turning, he's got his back to the opposition, he just gets folding half every time. So I want to see him higher up the pitch. But yeah, it's, it's a mad one with him because, like, the stats and obviously stats don't don't give you the whole picture and that. But the stats show that he, he is sort of tackling his ball recovery, his his interceptions, everything you want to see from a number six is actually really good. Um, but again, it's it's you know like people say, it's the eye test, isn't it? And he just yeah, he he clearly doesn't really want to be playing there, but he's doing what the what the team, you know, necessitates at the minute and that's what he's just got to do and it's just, he's doing it and he's doing the best job he can so you can't really knock him. No, I'm not knocking him. Just No, I'm not saying I, you are, I'm just I, saying. I don't I don't want to, um, I don't want to see him there. He needs to be further up. But, mm. yeah, he's, he's doing all right. He's just very much in games where we're struggling to, to get hold of the game. I think Arsenal, one of them, we, we just look terrible in, yeah. in that six. But, when we start playing forward and we start creating and that, he, he looks superb. So it's just a game of two halves again. Depends yeah. what will change up and who we're playing. But I think I'm a bit surprised we haven't gone in the market for, for a number six, considering Endo's gone. Um, even if it is a fucking loan or something, just to, mm. to cover that space, because we, we are a bit short on midfielders at the minute. 
Yeah, and you know what? I'm not, and I think you look at the actual deals that have been done in the Premier League in this window so far, there's hardly been any. Like, no one's spending. It's mad. I think um, no one's... You'd always spend a lot more in January because no one wants to pass halfway through the season. Hmm. So, I think people will be financial fair play as well, lads. I've seen Chelsea with like an £85 million sign and I was like, you can use it off and <laughs> Got to be messing, but... Yeah, and we could have done with another body in. Hopefully, Sobislav's not that much longer. Hopefully, Thiago's in soon. Like I keep saying, Ardy Elliott's better on the right and then he plays on the right and he doesn't get half as much as involved as he does when he plays in the midfield. So, still unsure about where he goes, but he's got mm. all the potential. Um, yeah, yeah it's it's, options, lad, isn't it? There is, and I think, you know, someone said, like, you know, the transfer window's been that boring sky. I've got people called Flex coming on and talking about, like, fucking just God knows what. It's like, they're having transfer shows for no transfers. Um <laughs> Honestly, it's it's been it's been mad. You don't expect it, you know. Chelsea spent, I think, seven hundred and forty-five billion last summer. I think, oh, sorry, last January, didn't they? Um, that's what it felt like, anyway. But it, yeah, it's, it's just been a weird window, lad. That you don't expect it, but I, I think genuinely, there's been about twenty deals done in the Premier League, like all window. It's mad. Um, because of footy on as well, like everyone's jumped yeah. out of footy. Yeah, so, this break's been I, a bit mad, hasn't it? I literally forgot it was the January window until I started on the man with feelers. Enough. Um, you sat there still. I'll probably take the day off work on deadline day like I do every bastard year, just waiting for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, they've got, you know what? <laughs> they've got to stop sending video Connor to Anfield, like, because he just must be bored shitless every single year there. Um, I am. He must think. He must just go, fuck, not again, not again. <laughs> He's just a hard man, ain't he? Apparently, I just I just send a cardboard cutout to myself with a voice note taped to it every time they come to me and just fucking go on. Yeah, cardboard cutout, voice note. Liverpool haven't signed anyone. Okay, thanks, Vinny. See you later. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what it's going to be like. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a weird one. And I'd say these winter breaks, the way the Premier League do the winter break, is just weird anyway. Like, right, half team get a break this week. Half team get a break next week. Why just? Do what every other league does. Give them a fucking break in the middle. Stop swear, Stop having 74,000 games in December and say, oh, yeah, you can have a week off in December. Fucking and they hell. come back, they ran, they, they've ran the rest of January. Yeah. And in February. <laughs> December, and, lad, December and January in the Premier League in English football, there must be at least 74 games a team. <laughs> Like, that's what it feels like. It's just, it's too much. And like, yeah, all right, that's the job, fair enough. But it's like, it's ridiculous. And then you've gone, ah, yeah, we'll give you a winter break. But only some of us. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's just fucking stupid. Um, but yeah, look, <clears throat> Bournemouth, the weekend. Um, it's going to, we should, we should be beating them, but we can't, we can't take them lightly. Um, yeah. um, and why, why would you do that? You know what I was going to say, but I'm not going to ask you for this. Uh, a scoreline and then you go and do something like that. Nunes is going to have a field day. That's all I'm saying. I, I want I'm Joe Gomez to score now. Um, I thought he'd scored against Fulham, you know. <laughs> he hits a belter. Yeah. He, he hits a belter every game. That's the thing, lad. And I seen a video the other day. It, it's an old one where um, they had like, they had Salet, Trent, Gomez and I think maybe Van Dijk doing like this free kick challenge. You know, they had um, like the net on the goal where it's like, just holes on the corners and in the middle. 
like salad does is and cent does is doesn't get and then Gomez does it. It's five out of five. It's like fuck's this pincho. Get him on <laughs> our free kicks. Put him left wing. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, I, it's just gonna be the day he scores that is gonna be ridiculous. It's mad like when you actually watch them videos of players, how talented they are and you like you know what I mean? Yeah. You're watching him thinking there's not a fucking chance you're hitting any of that. Yeah. But it's, it's 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 one of them again, isn't it? Like you you watch these <clears> and you think, you know, someone might go about it. How's Joe Gomez not scored the goal? He's a professional footballer, and again, people have these fucking massive thoughts about themselves. If I was a premier, if I was playing for Liverpool, I would have at least scored by now. And then you watch him in training, and Joe Gomez has put a five out of five free kicks in flawlessly. And you think, it's lad, if you if you went up against Joe Gomez, like he'd run rings around you, he'd be up yeah. front. It doesn't matter what position they are either. That's the thing. We're, like, we're all arrogant, aren't we? I, yeah. Decent Sunday league. That's <laughs> when I was a kid. <laughs> right? That was it. And then I play, I play footy with a lad in the Hillsborough charity match we play every year. We play footy with the manager's son, Jamie, who used to play for Blackpool when he was younger. Mm. Done all right at Blackpool and then went elsewhere, went elsewhere. Other things in life got him fucking... Got on him and that. Lad, when he plays that game, it's fucking ridiculous. It's not, it's not, you might as well just sit there and just let him run through and score. It's fucking pointless trying to get him. Yeah. Luckily, he's on my team after that. <laughs> even like the, the last game we played, we were winning 3 2. We were winning 3 2. They scored and then he scored from the kickoff. Just shot from the kickoff, lad, and lobbed the keeper. Like, as you do. What are you doing? Pass the fucking ball, greedy ass. We all want to go, you know. Yeah. So you imagine him, he's played for Blackpool. Then down, down level, down level, down level, and he stands out a mile with some players who are like, fucking, some of them have been semi pro in that. He's yeah. A really good standard. And then you imagine going that to fucking National League and then. Mad, the big one championship and then the Prem lad. You know, they must be fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but Just... you what, you what, like, you're watching them play against other unbelievable abilities. Like, and then you've got players like Titus Bramble who played footy, and you're thinking there's not a fucking chance he was better than me. There's not a chance he was better than me. But then yeah. I bet you if I went head to head with him, he'd make me fucking snap both cruciate ligaments, medding me inside out. And I'd be like, I've just been abused by Titus Bramble there in front of my whole family. Yeah, basically. That, that just looked, sums it up, I think. So I feel like Never comment on a player's ability ever again. Pass the podcast in. Everyone. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, so, yeah, as it turns out, this is the last episode ever. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's 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 mad. Like you say, everyone's, we've all got our own sort of egos about ourselves. And, you know, I, I say it even now and, like, I go, oh, if he's weird, fucking... If he's worth 80 mil, I'm worth at least three. And it's like, I'm not. I'm not even worth... I'm worth three quid. <laughs> if that. that's Even that's being generous. You know what I mean? It's like, it's it's just levels and levels apart, lad. And it's just... But, you know, we're not going to stop doing it, are we? Like, next week, someone will make a mistake in Premier League and go... And one of us will go, I would have done that. I would have scored that. Or I would have fucking done better there. And knowing full well, we wouldn't have done I reckon if I get me chance, if Jürgen sees me playing in the front garden with the Zorbal, I reckon I'm in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, you know, you're around the age, so you can take Henderson's sort of, you know, 
old man in the locker room leadership role. My bald knees are fucked. Adam only said, and I'm uh, shouting at players like fucking Melanie, you lazy cog, get back, <laughs> rip like a fucking tank. I'm yeah. waddling around, darling, <laughs> fucking pussy. Shout, fucking lazy cog. <laughs> Oh, uh, so look we're gonna end it there um we'll be back next week at some point um to review the games that we've had obviously we've got the second leg next week as well so there'll be a couple of games probably by the next time we come to you um and just before we leave you just because the logo has been staring at me all episode if you need any electrical work get on jay thanks dad <laughs> i am dead busy at the moment it's great that's what we like to hear i like to hear it um yeah. On that note, I'm off to get me sausage and chips and beans with me calories not counted because I'm not a Premier League footballer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're not a Premier League footballer, but with that too, you are a child. Um, oh, I am. Oh, lad, I can't wait. But, yeah, I'm going yeah. for me. Jamie, I'm having sausage, chips, beans and egg. <laughs> like a proper council estate scram yeah. and I can't wait. boss, to be fair. I'm so excited. <laughs> so... Oh. On that note, then, yeah, we'll leave it there. Um, until next time, up the reds. JMH Electrical, up the reds. <laughs> <laughs> up the JMH Electrical as well, yeah. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network.